Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Jake. I just wanted to let everyone know, due to some mishandling of information from the venue, not communicating very well to us, unfortunately, the show scheduled for this Saturday at the Oracle has been canceled by the venue once again, not being very professional, but that's besides the point. You can see on all of our social media, get more details on it. Everyone will be refunded their money who has bought tickets. And we are going to reschedule the event, and we're looking at sometime maybe in March or April. It'll be better, bigger, funner, dope. With that being said, on to the episode. Peace. Hey, Street Fighters. Welcome to the show basement edition brian and i in my office down here with the wood paneling with the nice busy carpet that hides the stains we're coming through with the new street fight radio for 2020 our basement show is going down on live stream on youtube on facebook on twitter on twitch all those places jump in the chat talk to us let us know what's going on in your life there's so many things happening in the world uh, we create a place for activists, rabble-rousers, dissenters, disruptors, all y'all to hang with the gang and have a place uh, to kick back and relax, smoke a bowl, drink some beer, or uh, stay clear if you're sober. We respect every lifestyle around here. So welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. You can find us in Columbus, Ohio on WCRS. We take your calls every single Sunday. And on Wednesday nights, uh, Brian and I go watch wrestling down at Elevator Brewing in Columbus, Ohio on 4th Street, their tap room. Come watch wrestling with us. We do that. Then we come here to uh, yell at each other's faces about what's going on in the world. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And I want you all to show up this Saturday. I see Jake, our audio engineer. You know him as the guy that went to jail for Facebook posts. He's doing a live show, his first this Saturday, the new album, Terrorist Threats, all the way through, so show up. Head over to store.streetfightradio.com to get tickets and use the code FREEJAKE to get half off admission. It's going to be a good-ass night. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And we're doing it also later this, this month, Street Fight Radio Live, me and Brian. 228, February 28th. Right. You get an hour of the boys. It's been a long time since we've done that. Not a variety show. There's no guests. It's just Brian and I going off this February 28th. Lots of new shit. Lots of new shit. We're going to need you. Rewrite the Constitution for Columbus, Ohio. That's it, baby. And then we're going to take that on the road to going to be announcing soon Florida in April and uh, the Northeast with Hellfire. The Hellfire Tour of Radical... What was it called? Hellfire something. Hellfire. Hellfire Congregation of Radical Legalitarianism. <laughs> Hellfire is hitting the road again in up in the Northeast in May. I think we're really close to announcing. Yeah. I mean, we need like a few other things, but we're really close to announcing dates and ticket sales. So uh, look for that. And uh, that's all the plugs. But I Patreon think. people, you have the link, but I'll, I'll be spreading it elsewhere and getting the Facebook together. Uh, March 18th. 
Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Street Fighter Radio Live is happening. I think we might bring some people with us. We don't know 100% yet, but we might have some friends. And we might have another thing going on, too, in March. We don't know yet. Lots of live stuff. Lots of live performance. Me and Brett are getting back out there. We're getting on the road. We couldn't stay home for four months. It just couldn't happen. And you know what? Um, Drew and Natalie came over for dinner to my house earlier this week, and uh we were we were at an event and drew was like man these things are just like so rough because you just end up in a corner huddled around people that you know but like when i go to the street fight live shows i can talk to anybody that's there and like they're an interesting person that you know i'm not going to regret talking to yeah i like so it's yeah it's a good vibe there's a lot of a lot of good people show up come hang out with us this saturday night uh with icy jake and then later this month on the 28th yeah so uh, I wanted to like make, a, I wish this is one of those moments where you really want a soundboard and noises that are like, ding or da 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 da. I mean, we're, we're fresh. We're about halfway through the Iowa caucus right now. It's Wednesday night. Uh, it's still counting. They're still counting it. You yeah. Know? There's lots of hanging chads. It's, it's incredible, Brett. Now election stuff, very boring usually it all goes the way it's going to go they relentlessly poll so like you generally know where things are going to go when the day comes i mean there are some surprises they you know pete Buttigieg is an enormous surprise right now he is like a, a um I don't, he's a run-in right like wrestling you know yes. this is like a mid-card guy just ran out and beat up the champion in a way you know what i mean it, it's wild Okay, they just introduced this guy into the mix, and now we're having to deal with that guy. But, like, whoo, buddy, it's a good week for, for like, watching the news because it is something. People are freaking out. (laughs) And they fucking (laughs) fucked it. They fucked it up, which I like. I like fucking up. I can't help it. You know? Yeah, it's tough because it's really naked. Uh, it's, It's, you know, you have to just keep moving forward with all the people that you know want something different but the fact that they've been able to just openly and and epstein prepared us for this right <laughs> this is epstein over and over, over the over again right it like is we're, a little. we're going to do this we're going to have shadow incorporated fuck up <laughs> bernie sanders chances right this what? is like out in the open rat fuckery it's it's wild to me because it's like uh uh a company called Acronym, which does sound like a, a, a cool, yeah, hip. But it, you know what I thought about the acronym thing? It's not because when I first saw it, it wasn't like mind blowing to me because I think what they needed it to be was a dot c dot that. It wasn't like an, an acronym for company. something. No, it was just called Acronym. It's okay. still funny. That's a good tongue in cheek thing. <laughs> it's it called- would be like if you had like a tech company called Alphabet Soup. Yeah. Well, something that I thought was really funny was uh, the Iowa Democratic Party did a tweet where they were moving some caucus locations, which <laughs> good practice, you know, yeah, just the day of the thing, you. you know, we're going to move it. Hey, I mean, sometimes we do a show and I'm like, ah, fuck it. I don't like how it's here. Let's make everybody go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The- actually a nightmare. If you're a live no, you performer, don't that would be the worst thing that could happen you to you. One single place people know to go. Yeah, you like to have you like to have it be at the place you said it was going to be at before, not day of posting a tweet. By the way, <laughs> yeah, which is like not 
the most uh easy way to get the information not out everybody's to seen that yeah really they really needed to use the amber alert phone number code yes you know what i'm saying yes they needed that that Listen. i will get i'll be fine with okay so anyway like uh they they release a thing saying they're changing some locations and then the email address that they want you to if you have any questions is disinfo at iowademocrats.com yeah and it was like what is happening this this is incredible man i don't know what's going on dude yeah um i mean it's massive disruption uh people are still being polite which is surprising i mean it shows you how generous folks can be um, but I, I don't know how much longer they're going to keep it up. They are being blatant about it. And I don't think that they don't, they don't, we watch a lot of TV shows about how the government covers up corruption and they are just like, well, we don't have to cover it up anymore because they're going to come up with their own conspiracies themselves. Right. Well, it is like, a, uh, I like the idea that the government at this point is like, what is even the point in covering it up? If yeah. We just because there is a thing where like, if you tell on yourself, because, okay, when I was a young kid, right? You're going to be bullying my sister or whatever, my little sister or something. And she would be like, you know, give her a flat tire in the parking lot or something like that. You know, and she'd be like, I'm flat tire on her shoe. On her shoe. You okay. step on the shoe in the parking lot when you're walking into the store with your mom and dad. And she'd be like, I'm, I'm telling. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you think you can tell? And then I would just run up and be like, I gave Courtney a flat tire in a fucking parking lot. You know, I'd tell myself first. Okay. And then it would be like all of the tension was diffused from the Got whole it. thing and it goes away. I think the government's into the like, they're just like, I mean, what are they, what are you going to do? You know, we count the votes. I mean, you know, I think that uh, in a way, we, what we've all come to understand is that there has to be somebody that's willing to go out there and say, hey, this was all a big mix up and a misunderstanding. And I'm actually very embarrassed right now. Right. <laughs> Someone has to like, that's all it takes. But I mean, but you just need to repeat the process like they they are now like we've had we've had this happening for the history of our entire government. I mean, they've always done things in the worst possible way and trying to subvert any sort of popular uprising. Yeah. And, and so now it's there, they can just run with it. They, I mean, I it's, we've, we've hit a point where um, they just, they're going to fake it. They're going to have like a representative say something on the record and not give a shit what everybody else knows. I think it's kind of funny though that it's like always the same people too like that's something i think that like we are at a time now where we can say you ever notice how like all this stuff gets fucked up and it's the same 12 people that do it every time yeah <laughs> like and no matter what they fuck up they get to do a thing again it's robbie mook which by the way yeah, you can't hire that guy. No. Just the name, name you know. You know name. what they used to call uh, people that listen to new metal? Mooks. Yeah, yeah. I read a couple articles the other day where they're like old 2002 articles about corn concerts where the guy's like, "It's a bunch of fucking mooks at that show," and uh, now they hired one, but he doesn't even probably like new metal. I yeah. don't think anybody in the Democratic Party it's likes just new metal. You know, uh, maybe at this point, we this is like a time when enough people would get bucked off the system. I, I mean, I feel a little, I feel so beaten down by it. Like, I don't expect 
I I can't say I was too surprised to find out that they're like going to fuck Bernie Sanders. I, know. I knew that was going to be it from jump. It seems like everybody knew that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's hard to see it so openly. We were talking about it before the show, though. It's kind of tough because when you're talking about politics with like uh, just someone at CVS that you may see, um, it's kind of like being at ESPN where you, you listen to ESPN 24 hours a day and you can talk about the draft picks and you can talk about the strategies and the layperson has no idea what you're talking about. And um, I mean, what they really did was they robbed Bernie Sanders of the chance of just saying, like, I was the most popular in Iowa. I that, that's all it was is like a matter of like a bunch of people got together and the majority of them wanted me to be the candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they found a way to obfuscate that kind that information, and I mean it's uh it, it's effective in some degree, but um the amount of people that are involved, and I'm one of them too. I'm with you, and like the people that listen to the show, you know, I, I'm not an out, I'm not as outward of a supporter, and I'm more cynical or whatever. But I know the people that are out there and are working on this stuff. You, we all know this is happening, like. It's it's that it, that uh the in 1984 when it's like they're changing the they're changing shit right in front of us we mm-hmm. we like we all know it happened you know we've all yeah. lived through this and there's been a there's at least now where we have the uh, evidence and the way to communicate the information and get it out so that we all know that there is a very fucked up uh misuse of power happening right now right. Know? And I do think this, and this, and even to like, just people do the problem with government is that people think it's fair and people don't think it's this. That's why that's what bugs me about everyone that gets stars in their eyes about Democrats is that they always can, they always think of it as a fair game or an, a fair shake or an honest place, an honest, uh, a, a honest playground where like you get the same rules and like, you just have to win. And it's not that it's, corporate interest it's money it's power it's stuff that like we're just not allowed to be a part of yeah uh and and i think i mean if i'm gonna put a positive spin on this i'm gonna say this the republicans did everything in their power to keep donald trump from being their nominee like they worked their asses off to try to get a, a little marco or or fucking ted cruz yeah or one of those guys like that's what they wanted and like the party went against them and i think that the thing that the democrats are are fundamentally not understanding is that the way that i think you're successful in american politics now is to be the person that the party doesn't want because we hate the parties. Yeah. A lot. Like everybody. At this point, everybody's tired of it. Yeah. We hate My- the Republicans and the Democrats. Everybody hates them. You know? And if it if there's something we can do to fuck them over, then that's, the that's best, what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That is whatever. I, you talk to fucking anybody. And it's like, you talk to anybody normal and that's what they Just, think. Yeah. That's at the yeah. bus stop. Yeah. That's what they think, you know? And and like, look, I I said this from the beginning and I hate saying it. Uh, I don't have any faith in that party at all. Like I just, I am on your side and I want, I want to help and, and whatever I can do to like facilitate things, I would be glad to do it. But like in my mind, I just have, it's odd, 
right? They're fighting so hard against us. Have we ever, me and you, personally, just sitting at the table, have we ever been on the winning team ever? <laughs> That's the fucking thing about it. It's like I've, I have never been up in the yeah. lead. I don't want, and I don't want to lose just because I'm comfortable being a loser. It's mm -hmm. not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want. I don't want to sink into that. Not at all. But how do you? <laughs> but it's like my is, thing is, is like, how do you handle being in the lead? You know what I mean? How do you handle winning when it's it not does even, feel like you're winning despite the best efforts of the people that actually have to do the stuff? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, it's, that, it's hard. It's hard for. It's hard to convince me that it's a good idea to change the Democratic Party when they spend all of their time and money and effort to make us not welcome. I know. I know. It, they don't want us. There's no way to get around what we're what they're doing, uh, and it's just uh, it, it's it's a cause for. I feel a bigger action. I feel like this is a cause to get rid of the Democrats altogether. It does. Like Rashida Tlaib was re was leading my the charge for me and saying like boo to these. We there needs yeah. to be a line in the sand. There need like you no know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez saying that me and Joe Biden wouldn't be in the same party if this wow. was a different country. Also. This is the conversations that we're having. It's it's a bifurcation point. There's an extreme amount of pressure, and it's gonna have. It, there has to be a break. Like we have to break free, or break them off, or just cast them aside. Let them have their own fucking thing. Let them have their own little fucking thing. But that they do their thing. But we're trying to do that inside of their power we structures, yeah. where they have all the money and all of the control, and all, it's just it's. I, I don't. I don't I don't know what there is to gain from it. You I know? don't know. I I, I mean, guess like somebody has mentioned like it's there should be we need to acknowledge that we're fighting back and that there's a movement of people that care for each other and want to take care mm -hmm. of people. Um but the Democrats are not going to allow that. They don't want e it. Even if they I I mean they are not interested in going along with any of this. I got to hear I haven't heard Mayor Pete talk before. You into him? I didn't know he was doing like an Obama cadence. Like he's doing just like the straight up after school special, like measured approach to speaking. Well, let me say. Like that dude has studied talking. I haven't listened to him. I'm going to say that right really? now. I'm going to be on. No, I, I like the only real news I've watched. I listened to District Sentinel and Chapo get my news this week and then i watch cable news on on monday night but when i i sort of figured out like this is a rat fuck i'm just i was just like i'm gonna watch Digstown yeah instead and I, I watch Digstown, and uh i haven't i haven't like seen a pete speech i did i'm gonna say this and people are gonna be mad at me I admire claiming victory before any of the votes are counted. Like that. Yeah, is cool I mean, and what's me. the way to do it? It's badass. You should do it. Every I don't know why more people don't just fucking. You know, you just do it. No, I mean, I, I mean, as myself, I don't believe in the rules of the game. Neither do I. I didn't get here by believing in the rules of the game. Yeah. I'm against believing in the rules of the game because those aren't real. Because yes. there's someone that has things outside of them, connections outside of them. Uh, How cool would it be for me and you to run for mayor, joint mayor? That's yeah, what we want to do. We want to run for mayor of Columbus, but we want to both be the mayor. And I don't know if they let you do that. I, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want him to be lieutenant mayor, and he doesn't want me to be lieutenant mayor. We both want to just be the mayor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, 
if I ran for mayor at about 7 p.m. the night of the election, I would just give a victory speech. Yeah, I'd go for it. Yeah, just okay. Run with it, see if people went along with it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they did. Right? What, like the news did. He got it though. They fudged him. Like his numbers looked enough, but they're not. He did. They look enough. I know. I know. Well, state delegates, and nobody knows what that means. Nobody in the world knows. It's what all that confusion. Means. It, yes, exactly. But he did not. And I don't know how politics works to me, but like the guy that gets the some, most votes, I think generally is supposed to be the one that won the contest. I saw I saw politics working this week on a video online where a guy flipped a coin in the air and he said, oh, I got heads. Oh, I was going to call heads. I, I'm for Buttigieg. <laughs> like, it. it was just like, okay, that's is that how that. Is that a coin toss these these days? The other politics we saw, we watched it before the show, was the woman who uh, caucused for Pete and found out he was gay. <laughs> he wanted her to take her vote and back. Then, yeah, yeah. Can I have my vote back? And the lady's like, like, you already signed it. Yeah. And it was like, it was so funny because like the caucus system. Now I watched some caucus. Okay. I watched it and it looks fun. Like that is the kind of voting I want to do. Is it, do you throw stuff? No, you don't yell or scream. You could make fun of people though, if you want it. Cause Ooh, I, what you can I crack think, on people. I think you could crack on people because like, basically what you do is you go in a room and oh, then they're like, go stand where you're at. Right. So then you there's take like a corner. Yeah. There's groups of people throughout the room chatting right yeah and then if if they don't have 15 percent of the room they're out and then they gotta go somewhere else that or, sounds like a good game i know i like this I, there should be a this caucus should be board voting game. yeah yeah this should this be voting. Is voting this is how you do it this you, is developing consensus you go to a gymnasium <laughs> you pick one of four corners the weakest corner is dissolved and then they have to do another corner yeah then you the can weakest also corner leave, from though. there is dissolved you can also just leave though Right, Shit. like if you're under fifteen percent, like the Joe is Biden. This? What is this on Kickstarter? Is this, <laughs> this a board game on Kickstarter called Iowa Caucus? That would be a good game. Yeah, uh, my God, I love it. I love. I was I watching did. it, and I was just like, because these fucking. I saw three Biden people in a room, and they're like, "Why don't you come join us?" They're like, "No, we're not going to." Yeah, like, come on, come join us. They're like, "No, we're not going to," and just like back and forth. It's hilarious because the Biden people were all, you know, obviously very old. And, uh, or the young ones were kind of like, what are, what are you doing? Like yeah. I, I did, I do want to walk up to like a fucking 20 year old Biden supporter and be like, how, like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, let's talk. They're trying let's to get a, a job. Maybe, but they're just regular. So anyway, he would have these, like his groups were very small. He came in fifth. <laughs> Yeah, so, like his groups were very small and they would go talk. Like the news would go talk to them. And they they would be like, oh, it doesn't look like uh, you guys are doing uh, okay. And then the the people would be like, ah, no. <laughs> it was like when you lose a game and you have to be gracious about it. It yeah. just looked like a blast. The caucus looked like a blast because, like, just think about this, dude. You're standing in a room. It's time to dissolve some people, right? It's yeah. Designed, like it's time to dissolve the clob mob. You've been playing and the Yang Gang. <laughs> this is like you've been playing Survivor for your company work pool for 10 years has set you up for this kind of throwing people under the bus. I know. And then, so Yang Gang 
they got to go. You got to go somewhere else or get out of here. Yeah. That's it. And then you get to walk up to them and be like, you know, you could come over here okay. and there would be a bunch of us. And then you'd be on the winning team, which yeah. I think this is should- probably the most, the best way to get people to come to your side. And I think, honestly, Bernie Sanders getting the most votes. And if he wins New Hampshire next week, like so many people. Once he wins two or three things, are going to be like, yeah. I mean, I obviously, yeah, I want to get the winning him. team. <laughs> yeah. We like people naturally want to win. You know, that yeah. is like what people want. And I think like when they're dissolving the groups, you know, they would go here, there. Where, where are you going to go? But like basically, the thing I notice is the the groups that dissolved were all the centrist establishment. Like people, they're the ones that had to go find something else to do. You well, know? Yeah, there are people on roulette that are just like losing hardcore and they're just going for a Hail Mary. Yeah, they do they'll a double zero. Change, they're changing every time. Yeah, they go for green. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they'll go for a double zero. Like it's got to hit. It's like you haven't had any luck all night. <laughs> Me, you were standing I'm that over, guy. You were standing over there with two other people in the corner of the gym. Come on. <laughs> I just You're, think also, like, what, what does it feel like? When you're caucusing, right? And I mean, you're one of the groups with three people in it. And you come in. You gotta stand strong, man, in your beliefs. <laughs> you come into your caucus and you and two other people are standing there and you're wearing your Joe shirts and you're just like, it's gonna be really uncomfortable Fuck. to go to somebody else's. I thing can't believe with I this did shirt this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that should be voting. Voting is too cowardly at this point because even I think Facebook has has let it be known that we all want to do intellectual battle and some sort of like open forum. And if we can repurpose our high school gymnasiums to uh, be the voting system, I think this is way better than just a ballot system. It's uh, (laughs) it's, I would love it if the general was just you and all your neighbors go to a, in a gym screaming at each other until they, they come out. They put a volleyball sense. net up every hour. They they like weigh who's on each side. If it's fifty one to forty nine, you know, you got to go with that. <laughs> it's popular vote. Yeah, because it's like take voting, a, take a day off. Voting is this thing where you never have to fucking face people. No, when you do it, so like you can fucking pull the 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 fucking lever. For child prisons. Yeah. And nobody has to know that you pulled the lever for child prisons. I want to look. If I believed in child prisons, yeah, you I gotta would go look to a you gym. in the fucking face <laughs> and say, I believe in child prisons. Because that's what you should have to do. That yeah. should be the thing. That should be voting. You know? And just people yelling at each other. I would love it. I love people yelling at you. This is I why think I like I election think it should years. Be improved. Yeah, yeah, they should be added. One of the things I really like about election years is that we're 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 looking at probably two or three months of like Democrat infighting. You know, we'll be fighting with liberals and stuff like that. But you know what, dude? By June, it's us versus them. Yeah, and that is going to make Facebook an explosive place to be, which is so enjoyable for me. It's just like guys that haven't thought about politics that have been watching Family Guy for three years are all of a sudden like, let me tell you a little bit about the politics. About and hard it's like, work. Yes. I love- oh, yeah. They do want to tell you about hard work, too. It's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope that – I mean, I just hope that, uh, you know, uh, if – as things continue – 
if that if this thing gets completely fucked over, that uh, we can you know push back hard enough. Go nihilist. Know? Yeah, that's I mean that's how I feel. It's like if this doesn't, I'm compromising. Okay, I didn't want to. I don't want to back a candidate ever in my whole life. I said I was never gonna fucking do it. I'm backing a guy, and if it doesn't work out for me. I'm giving up because <laughs> yeah, I'm done, so. <laughs> I've lost too many times in my life. It's been taken away from me by rich people and I'm, I can't, I can't anymore. Uh, the last thing I want to do about the, the politics thing is like last night I was recording uh, March's mini series. It's called March Madness and it's co-hosted by Adam from South Pauls and Chris James. And, uh, we, I was doing it, but I had the State of the Union on the TV muted. Okay. Right? Oh, wacky thing. Is it good? I, I, I want to say number one. Uh, there are two or three takeaways from this. One, AOC refused to go, which, again, incredible. Respect. 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 You don't go. Just you know what I mean? That. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, fuck that clown. Yeah. I not only should she not have gone, but I hope she watched something else on TV. You know, I hope she like watched like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm or something. Instead. Yeah. Like I hope that the next day she went out and talked to a press pool and was like, nah, I ain't even see it. I am what did he say? DVR'd. Really? He said a lot of bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the press is telling her that yeah, would be fresh. Like, um catch me up. What I saw, uh, no noise. I heard nothing. I heard none of this. This is all visual. Uh, I saw Rush Limbaugh get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. Which was really... That happened last night? Yes. And it was... At the State of the Union? He was there? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Rush Limbaugh, you're a hero. Or I don't know what he said. But he then turned... Rush Limbaugh standing there. He turns around and then uh, Ivanka uh, puts the presidential medal of freedom on him in the audience. And then he gets up and then he's like pointing at Trump, like you, my boy, you, you know what I mean? And then that happened. And I didn't like that. I was like, this is a lot here. Okay. That's a hell of a show. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that he worked like with the YouTube, with all the creators like us, small time creators. It's so dynamic. It's quick. You can just pull somebody in the room and get him on camera he fucking just went for that immediate pop. Yeah, he did. He did. He went for like what's happening right now. Yeah. Like his state of the union was just like, uh, fucking get a little, get, get limbo on here. Bring rush. <laughs> bring, bring, uh, what, what, what's his, uh, what's L Rushbo? L Rushbo. Bring L Rushbo. Mr. Snurdly got to come though, too. Did you know what's odd? Before I saw the announcement of that cancer thing, I was at a fresh time, which is, uh bourgeoisie bullshit ass like farmer's marketplace very expensive they have nine dollar like allergen free desserts and shit mm -hmm. but there was also a motherfucking honda accord there that had uh l rushbo license plate you sent that to me and then i found out Our minutes later minutes later that he has lung cancer i know I was like, bless up you know that's cool it was perfect yeah i mean because i was like Maybe you know what? That was that was synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. Because I was feeling all down. I was thinking that like the the bad guys are gonna win no matter what. I'm going to the grocery store. Here's a Rush Limbaugh fanatic. And when I let that car make me feel bad, it was like, no, no, he's out of here. Yeah, he's gonna be gone. He's soon. gonna be fired on his ass. But he got a medal before he goes. He did right in front of the whole I mean, country. That's, I mean, this is also uh, that doesn't. I mean, come on. I would do the same thing. 
Like if if I was the dictator of the United States, I would be giving some problematic medals out to people. Like the right right wing would be like, you know, he can't give a fucking Felix says the fucking R word. He can't give him a fucking medal. <laughs> I'm wondering, I guess I'm wondering like uh is he the first DJ to get the presidential medal of freedom? DJ. Quite he's a DJ. Yes, okay. okay, sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is he the first DJ to get the presidential medal of freedom? And if he is not it sh I mean, honestly, if I'm going to say it, and I'm going to just say it out loud, Howard Stern should have got the first Presidential Medal of Freedom for a DJ. He's the guy. He's the top of the heat, not Rush Limbaugh. Okay. He's got more listeners than Rush Limbaugh, okay? But Trump doesn't like him anymore because he, you know, talks shit about him all the time. So <laughs> that was what I saw. I mean, I, that's a good move. I think I, it's a good move. I also, you know, just a little bit of a... Gumball just, is disrupting the podcast. Yeah, just a little bit of uh, the other thing is that, like, he was giving all these things, and uh, Bernie Sanders sat during the standing ovation, and Elizabeth Warren was behind him standing up and giving a standing ovation. <laughs> so it's like this really, this picture of, like, it was just one of those pictures that's like, damn, well, that there's a difference right there between yeah, the two. Yeah, <laughs> that's something that I can say I don't, you know, I agree with. One over the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that that is election coverage. I have other things I want to talk about. So uh, yeah, the first thing is the elected. Super Bowl was Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we didn't watch it because we were here. But uh, I just want to like, I got to read this tweet. Okay. It is from uh, a guy that our audience knows very well. And it's Jeff Bezos. Okay. And he tweeted a picture with Lizzo. And it said, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% Lizzo's biggest fan. Oh. And I was just thinking about that. Like, I want to go to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd love to go to the Super Bowl. It'd be great to be like a guest of honor at the Super Bowl sort of thing in a luxury box with but, like celebrities and stuff. But Bezos is the, is the one who invites you. I know. That's what I was thinking. That's how I was thinking about it. I was like, but look. I've said this on other shows. I've said this on the shock jock shows. I've said this on even the sports talk shows. It's like, if the news called me and they were like, I want you to comment on this news story. I would say, where do I need to be? I want to get there right now. Like okay. I'm ready to do it. I'm very hard. It would be very hard for me to resist the chance to be on the news. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, I think about that with the Super Bowl too. It's like there's these big prestigious things, and like I work like a job that like one of the benefits is getting, I guess, good treatment at things, getting access. You know what yeah, I mean? I would like as a goal, and, and not saying that I get access at this point, but I'm saying like at some point, one of my benefits, if it goes far enough, is maybe at like access to these sorts of things. Yeah, it's hard to figure out, though, because, like, I remember going to a Christmas party from my wife's boss, and they had this really expensive watch out there and, like, all this stuff, and I just wanted to steal everything in their fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I had a little bit of access. But, I, I mean, it's, like, it's hard to figure out what you can do while you're there. That's why I... And I'm thinking the best thing to do would be to have, like, horrific accidents. Like poop your pants? Yeah, or yeah. like cut yourself open and get blood all over that carpet <laughs> on accident. 
accidentally prick your thumb on like a wine cork and start like spraying blood everywhere or like just purposely sprain your ankle and get paid for it you know yeah, what i mean go to a lawsuit situation yeah yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll break a finger we've talked about that yeah. in the past you know i just i'll fucking go in the kitchen and take the meat tenderizer and just <laughs> bats my pointer finger up and be like ah something fell you know I'm suing you for everything you got. But what would you do? That That's a good question, right? It's like, so... What would be the best way to get them... That is a good question. Extract the most out of a situation. <laughs> uh, if you yes. weren't, it's, if you're stupid, you get an Instagram photo out of it. If you're smart, stupid. you get a lawsuit. Yes, a lawsuit or just making a mess. I think a mess is a really good... I, like, I never thought about shitting my pants, which I think... Like in most case, I have thought about if you get arrested, you should shit your pants. Yeah. Like every time. It's just like, you know, they got to then ride in a car with me after I shit yeah. my pants. So fuck them, you know, but then you got to sit in the shit and it's kind of gross. But I, I don't know. I don't know where I land on shitting your pants. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wasn't thinking that. Throw up. Yeah. Like you could just be like, oh, drink until you puke. Something get to get, and and that is a good idea too. Is to just get too drunk, and then you won't have the control over yourself to keep you from doing embarrassing things. Just lean on the faucet, like lean on the kitchen faucet, <laughs> like it was like an armrest, and just bend it off. <laughs> I mean, that is the kind of thing that I think I think about. But be like, apologetic. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, I didn't know. I'm oh sorry God. I broke your thing and you got to get it. I mean, but they don't care about that stuff. You know, you break their fault. You probably she, break their toilet. She, Lizzo was inside of a press box at the fucking Super Bowl, right? Yes. With Jeff Beza. So she couldn't have maybe just destroy his clothes in some sort of way? I think ruin his time. I think it's the ruining a guy's time. Now... You're going to oh, get yeah. kicked out if you start yelling KJB at him, of course. Yeah, you should. You know what I mean? You can't do that. But I think I'm smart enough to ruin a guy's time without getting kicked out. I think I have Yeah, I could that. be obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I know what you mean. I have. I, I think I know the line. One up everybody with a story that's really <laughs> shitty or boring. <laughs> that has a bad ending. Yeah, and just, just like goes talking like, like positive. One that you just go, I mean, uh. <laughs> like, that's all you can do. She's like, I mean, come on. You just say, come on. That That's the big that's the big finale of every story is, I mean, come on. You know, when my when I was growing up, my grandma used to say this. Uh, she's dead now, was murdered in her sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's <was> terrible. Right. <laughs> grandpa killed her. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be an excellent way to... And also, like, you could eat some bad food and make... Because there's a bathroom in those luxury boxes. Because we have used the bathroom in a luxury box. Yes. They, well, I didn't poop there, but I could. You know, I could probably work that out. Yeah, we don't need that. Well, but it'd smell bad. And uh, also, a uh, uh, lot of cursing, I think. Okay. Like the C word, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> just constantly with it. You know? <laughs> Watching okay. the football just yelling the C word the whole time. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a good move. Uh, uh, putting your arm around him? Yeah. Lots of arm oh, around. Sweaty. Try to, get, try to get kicked out. Yeah. We wouldn't be kicked out. You know, I mean, it's like we're all having fun at the Super Bowl. You got to push the limit, though. Yeah, yeah. And by the fourth quarter, by fourth quarter, you should be just trying to get taken out of there. I, I agree. I agree. 
you just fucking slap him in the face. Like you say, I got so excited from that touchdown. Oh, and yeah. Just smack his face as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be sweet. So, yeah. I just don't know. I, I, I feel like, do I have the willpower to turn down invitations Jeff, to things like Jeff that? Jeff Bezos, come on. For him, yes. I, I, I do for agree. Jeff that Bezos, would be I would just be terrified. It was like, how do I effectively do this? But like, like I don't know how. I would have to figure out how to effectively sabotage his time. But I guess it's like not his. I mean, if it wasn't his party. Right, like Still. if you're just at the Super Bowl. Oh, I had to ruin someone's time, though. You already, we already went through it. No, I agree, but I'm saying like, so let's say I'm invited to the Super Bowl, right? I and and I know that yeah, Jeff Bezos, Bezos is, is on, on the list. Would I be able to? Because I probably don't want to go if he's there. Because I don't like him. You know what I mean? I hate his guts. No, that's it would be amazing. You think you'd go? I want to. I mean, I want to go to the Super Bowl for real. I feel like we're telling ourselves we're not going to get to do it now. Yeah. I mean, we could still, though. Maybe one day. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to be in the lane, the type of famous that sure. gets invited to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't either. But, I mean, you know, there's always the chance that we could get ultra famous and be the Super Bowl halftime show. That would be nice. Like no singing. It's just the oh, just this year we're doing a comedy up. show. And hey, I'm taking my shoes off, everybody. <laughs> the whole fuck, the whole stadium goes wild. And then we bring fucking Steve Winwood out at the end to play Higher Love, just like <laughs> as like a a musical. This act. is the Bernie verse. This is the future we could have. But yeah, I mean, I want to go to the Super Bowl really bad, and maybe one day I will go to the Super Bowl. I don't even like football. I don't watch it at all. I don't care who wins the super bowl didn't see a minute of the super bowl but that is the type of prestige thing i'm i'm what i'm trying to get at is that like i feel like a bad person sometimes because there are these things that i really want you know that are totally an antithetical to the way that i'm supposed to be living my life you know what i mean i still have very uh, I guess, like, I still weirdly have, like, very mainstream ambitions. And I think it's it's. You don't want to kick Jeff Bezos in the nuts? I do. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, I shouldn't even be at the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I shouldn't even yeah, care. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I shouldn't even care to be there. But I still am like, if somebody invited me to the Super Bowl, I mean, I would definitely go. You know? And, like, things like that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing shit out there, man. I'm just saying, like, movie premiere. I'd love to go to a movie premiere. I would love somebody to just invite me. You're worried to see yeah. Mission Impossible, and like I'm, I, I, you're right. That's not a regular part of her life. I understand that. I know, but I also like I don't. I despise those people. Me too. I do too. But I actually despise them to the point where I don't care about their recognition. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I do despise. I don't want to be recognized by Jeff Bezos as a good guy. I would feel like I wasn't doing my job at that point. I just want to do celebrity stuff basically is what i'm saying that would be a dream of mine and i don't know how to get rid of it in my brain yeah you yeah know, i'm gonna go not, to the grammys you're gonna be on mtv I don't or something know why i want to go to the grammys what would i ever do with the grand i haven't ever you, in my life watched the Grammys. you want to be a gift from the grammy <laughs> like you make some facial that people share on twitter i just think it's weird i think i have 
these conventional things that I need to kill in my head. And I think about it. It's just something I think about sometimes about like these, these like weird conventional ambitions that don't seem to match the person that I actually ended up being, but I have them still. And yeah, I, I mean, get confused by it. they're the DMC, like the DNC. They don't want anything to do with people like us. I know it's cool. I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, so <laughs> let's go, let's go to, uh, this story. Uh, Rachel Kahn on Twitter. Uh, she's a, a podcaster and comic from uh, Atlanta. It's re R E A C H R A C H E L K A H N. I don't know how to read that. So uh, I spelled it out. She's a good follow. Uh, posted an email from a job. And I don't know what this job is. Okay. Like, I'm not totally sure. I don't know the company. But I want to read this. Okay. Uh, as you may know, many companies still use credit checks as part of their hiring process. This is to ensure that the employee can be trusted to make sound financial decisions, has the maturity to manage his or her own financial affairs, and to show signs of financial distress that might indicate risk of theft or fraud. While we do not conduct these checks at this time, the gist of the check is valid to us. Um, we have noticed for some time the condition of your vehicle and wanted to discuss the matter with you. We will follow up this email with a personal meeting, but wanted to document the discussion beforehand. Since of course your annual salary is known to us and a newer and more appropriate looking vehicle should be within your financial reach, it is our concern that perhaps you are having a difficult time financially. Frankly, the concern is that if you cannot afford a newer vehicle, then either you may or may be susceptible to fraud or that you are not responsible for the position you maintain. To be even more frank, it just looks bad. So, yeah, this seems highly illegal. I don't should be illegal. I mean, I, yeah, I it doesn't seem illegal in my brain. If, like, <laughs> if I was in charge, this should be illegal. You go to fucking jail immediately for saying something like that. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Please let I just it. imagine like a gigantic whip just beating those people with it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this. Uh, I, I was like thinking about this when I was thinking about the teen jobs that I talked about earlier on Sunday when, when I was thinking like there is a something to uh how you how you look to get into a job like there is like a you have to carry yourself a certain way you have to dress a certain way and generally that way is the way that people with money can do you know what i mean like i i will say that if you're going to a job interview and you pull up in a shitty car and they see the shitty car I mean, they're probably not going to fucking give you the job. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this is, like, indicative of how businesses look at who they're going to hire. It is, like, people think that you're sitting down for an interview to figure out your skills and stuff like that. And I think it really is just let's get him in here. Let's see if he smells bad and <laughs> what they look like and stuff like that. Well, what kind can, of car they drive, you know, corporate culture. Yeah. Please let us know. It's uh, I mean, it's also it's uh, it's the people that uh, are just always in debt and just read all these magazines that tell them that you need to have credit card debt to, to build your credit score and that like a car payment is good for this and that. And, 
like they they have all bought into this idea of you know buying a house and starter houses and all this bullshit and uh you know you have to just be a part of the culture that's what they want yeah they don't want somebody out there that's like this old corolla that doesn't cost me i don't have to many make any payments on it like it gets me to back and forth to work yeah, yeah, it doesn't. I don't that, have I don't have a fucking lease. I didn't pay three thousand dollars to pay three hundred dollars a month for thirty six months. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the shit is paid off. Like it's. I know a lot of people who would just drive a car until it's dead. You know, like it I makes I, sense. Like it does. To to constantly be showing off a newer car doesn't isn't effective use of your money at all. Like, do you feel like? It's only dummies that want to be around other dummies. They're like, we waste our money on on late model cars with 48-month leads. Do you think that there is, like, and I've never felt this, but I think it does look, I guess we're marketed this and stuff, that, like, you're always supposed to be in the process of getting a new car. Yeah. It's like, that's what it feels like to me. It's like, if you, like, I'm very happy with my car. I drive my car. It's going to be paid off in a few months. Uh, I don't want a new car. I'm not looking for one. And I feel like I'm the weird one. Yeah. You know, it's the same. I mean, my phone is paid off and I have a iPhone six and they're on like 11 now. And my phone works great. But instead of paying $35 a month as like a partial payment towards the phone, I get to keep that money. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think it's better to like, if I go to a meeting to pull out a phone that I'm paying $35 a month for, I'd rather just have $35. (laughs) That's like a better financial decision to make. Yeah. Well, I, I've always felt like that, that there is, there are a couple things, but it's like people move into a house a lot of times. I'm not talking about you. I don't know if this is your way of thinking, but I think that a lot of people move into a house knowing that this is not going to be their last house, right? Like I'm buying a house, but I'm definitely not going to live here till I die. I'm going to like go to a, I'm going to get a different house at some point, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, no, I absolutely, no, we haven't talked about it. We should, I guess, but yeah, uh, I did it. just buy a house and uh, it, it is a very weird circumstance uh, to be a part of. And that is a that is the thing is like they they put it down they're like if you pay for the entire mortgage you're gonna pay two times the amount that this place costs, but we're all pushed as part of a culture to be like this is my starter house or yeah. like I'll refinance or I'm gonna redo this you know like there there's all of like we are taking on gigantic amounts of debt and putting ourselves like to have a brand new car to have a brand new thing putting ourselves in more debt putting ourselves under more pressure and that's supposed to make it that's supposed to be someone that's like a, a high achiever right this is somebody mm-hmm. that's supposed to want to that's who you want to work for you yeah. so, someone that's going to like put themselves under so much stress that they have to have a job yeah like they're going to work 70 hours a fucking week because they have a, a fucking lease on a on a luxury car i know? mean i haven't looked at cars since I bought my car, right? Like I bought my car and I was like, well, I'm done with the car now. I don't have to think about another car, but I've always gotten the impression from a lot of people that like when they, it feels like almost the day they buy their car, they start thinking about their next fucking car. Like you have, you just, you get another one, you pay this off and then you go get another one. That's how cars work. I've had people say that like, 
oh no, don't don't pay your car off. You don't want there to be a lapse in payments. You want them to show that you've always been making payments. No, I don't. So want go to. get a car like on your forty seventh month. Don't do it on your forty ninth. Like <laughs> all of these, all of the the best credit advice I get on my emails is like, open another credit card. That's yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. Start paying interest on your own money. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. also, I mean, it's like, here's the thing. It's like going into the house market, doing, doing the house thing is fucked up. I feel like a trader for sure. But like, so in drugs, do you know about buying the plug? No, I'm, well, I think I do, but I, yes. I don't. I'm going to explain it to every, to listeners here in like the government is just doing legalized gang shit and that when you sell drugs, if you want to get a cheaper price on drugs, you can buy the plug. So if you go to a bigger drug dealer and you give them a gift of five or $10,000 that says, I've been making money off of these drugs, I'd like a cheaper price and I can make more money for you, then you buy the plug. Yeah. And that's all, that's the same thing. When you're paying rent, you're, you're paying stepped on drug prices for your fucking living situation because you gotta pay to somebody else that is paying the bank. Right? Yeah. You're, you, so they are, they, you're paying a middleman to do all of that shit. When you're buying a house, you go to the bank yourself. You're trying to buy the plug. You say, I got $10,000. I'll just deal with you directly. I'll make you money myself on my property. This house shit is not an asset. Like I've been talking to so many people that are like congratulating me for it. And it costs so much more than renting ever would. Yeah. Right? Like I like having the space. I'm accepting into it. But this is not anything that's making me any sort of money. No. People are like, you know, I, I made $80,000 in 10 years. And it's like, you paid like $200,000 in rent though. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't get all of your money back. No. You paid, you also now have to get a Lowe's credit card to furnish the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing about it that is smart. The, the, it's really weird, the culture of people that are congratulating me to buy a house because the only people that ever, old, ever, ever told me it's a good idea is the banks. Yeah. The banks <laughs> think it's a good idea. It's like the casino is like, the, you know, come play our games. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good investment, really. It's a great investment. And the banks are doing the same thing. Like, I'm getting ripped off. I'm not doing, I'm not making a smart financial decision. I'm getting more house than I could if I rented it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing about this that is an asset. Like, I owe a lot of money to a fucking bank. Yeah. Like, this isn't making money for me in any sort of situation. And it's weird because there are a lot of people my age that think that they made a smart decision by signing up for, you know, a quarter million dollars in fucking debt. It's yeah. like, it's not any sort yeah. of smart financial decision decision you would ever make. I mean, I look <laughs> and at renting is a lot cheaper, right? I look at renting as like, there, there isn't like a con there isn't like, an end to it like i'm always gonna have to pay it but i also feel like if i bought a house i'm always gonna be making a fucking payment too and it's never gonna be mine yeah because i'm never gonna make it to the end of it you know <laughs> right or i can't i just a 28 year lease or or whatever a mortgage is. yeah it's like it, it's like you know am i 
I might as well just fucking pay rent and then I can leave when I want to. I don't have this thing here that I got to get rid of, you know? But then there's people out there like, they're like, oh, I, you know what? I sold my first house. We made all this money. I was like, how much did you make? And they're like, oh, we rolled it into this next house. I was yeah. like, so you never touched that money. <laughs> yeah. You never made that money. Now you and, have a house. Another, and, and you know what? You, you bought your house for 200000 Now it's worth 250000 Guess how much inflation says it's worth? <laughs> it should be. It's worth a lot less than what it is you know yeah. like after you would take inflation to account for all of this shit it's not it's not anything it's not an admirable thing I well guess. it is nice to hear because like a lot of people like me who rent have been shit talked for their whole adult life i've been renting since i was 18 i'm not looking to buy i'm never going to buy i'm always going to rent and like people look at me like a dipshit for doing it like oh it's dumb you're you're wasting your time and you know what you're just throwing that money away when in fact like you don't look at staying in a hotel as throwing your money away you no. know what i mean you go no. to you you pay the money and you get to sleep in the room you, you walk know? around you're like i don't have to give a fuck about this shit <laughs> yeah yeah you don't people don't say you're throwing your money away i like when you spend it on other stuff like they're like a place to sleep or something like that. And I essentially for a home, I just want a place that I can put all my stuff. I don't like, I'm not looking for something like highly customizable or huge or anything like that. And I want the freedom where, you know, within reason, cause I have a lease, you know, but like it, it only goes year to year and I could decide right now that I could start looking for a new place and I could be out of there in July, you know? If I wanted to do that, and there is a comfort in that for me, you know, that like I wouldn't have in a house. Cause like, I feel like if I bought a house, I would feel like, like, well, this is my life. This is where I am. And this is, I've chosen, this is my place. And it's like, to me, like, it feels weird to always live within 20 miles of where you grew up for your whole entire life. It's, like, something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like, I've spent most, well, not, to like, the last two or three years. I'm, like, more satisfied with what I've seen. But I've spent, like, you know, almost my entire 41 years within 20 miles of where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like... And I've seen so much now and it's hard to just sit there and be like, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to be here forever. This is where I'm going to be. Because like, for me, uh, like, I don't want that. I don't like the winter at all. I hate it. And like, I feel lonely here. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like I can do things that I could do in a, in a different, in a bigger city. There aren't things here, you know? And, uh, I think that might be part of my hesitance to, to, to ever buy a house. But like, even then I was leasing cars for a lot of years and I just sort of figured out recently that like, I'll buy one and see what the experience is. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And now I am, I've got to tell you, dude, like not having to turn that car in and also not having to make a payment anymore yeah. in like five or six, I think it's like eight months or something like that is really appealing to me now. So I don't know, maybe I'm fucking wrong, but I do know if I got a house, I would never pay at all. Like, it's not something I'm just gonna be like, I got a house. 
And I don't think I'm it done. You know, it, no, I don't. And I don't, I think that I don't think it, it's the right decision for me because I have a six year old. Oh yeah. You're going to be here for fucking another 12 years yeah. at least, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I will get some of my rent back, you know, and, uh, the rent here is going to skyrocket in the next 10 years. And the price to get a house, the size that I have is nothing compared to what my fucking mortgage is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it makes sense, but it's also not the best decision in the, in the yeah. world. I've been very uncomfortable and I know I I've know. made a lot of people that have been like, congratulations, you did it. And I'm like, it's just moving dog. Like I'm just going to a different place. It it's was not, funny. It's not a big step up. I don't, I don't consider this. I, I don't know. It, for me, it was nothing to celebrate. I guess like to me, an interesting thing about your experience is that like, I, I got to watch it happen because we're together a lot and we were on the road so much last year that like basically it was just me and you and you know other shows or whoever was traveling but it was a lot of just me and you together just hanging out and like having the conversations it was the real really the first time i ever talked to somebody that was buying a house where i felt like they were honest with me and not trying to sell me on buying a house yeah in a way because like everybody that buys a house is like you oh crazy for renting you gotta buy yeah. a house it's fine it's great yeah. they're like no it's a really great decision you only have to spend five to ten thousand dollars to make your kitchen into what you like <laughs> it's like oh well at this rental i just accept my kitchen as it is and well, i don't have to do that for the listeners i'll say this we i don't remember which tour we were on because last year it's like all kind of jumbled together because of we just toured a lot and uh brett at one point he took a phone call while we were driving and he talked to Erica. I don't know what they. I don't know what they were saying. I don't think he was even paying attention. And then he hung up and he was like, "Ugh." And then he looked over at me and was like, "I had to set up a rule that we're only allowed to talk the, about the house for fifteen minutes at a time because I'm going to go fucking crazy." And I was like, "I have never heard somebody at their wits' end with this." And the reason for that is is the same reason. When you're at the bar, nobody ever says, I don't have money to be buying this drink. You know, they, they want, they, they like want to project success yes. on you and they want that success to look effortless and uh, they don't want you to see the seams of, of that success. Cause I think you bought a cool house. I like your house. Yeah. I think you got a huge fucking yard incredible and like i'm really happy for you that you got a house you know what i mean but like uh uh i did see the process and it really like it it solidified my belief that i i can't own anything like i just it seemed it seemed terrible to me to do the process and nobody's ever said that to me nobody has ever said buying a house is terrible they're always like it's great it's fucking great. <laughs> the best decision yeah, ever fuck. made. We got to drive around and just walk around people's houses until it's we picked one. Baby. It's cool. So I, 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 uh, I have the, I have two. We have two more things to talk about here, uh, and I, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about this for some reason. A dad-run parent-teacher association in Berkeley, California. I, 
and it's run by the dads cool. at Berkeley. You know, you can get some dad time with the kids in Berkeley. They nice. don't let you do that in Ohio. They think that dads are all predators. Right. Uh, a dad-run parent-teacher association in Berkeley, California, hosted a parents' night out fundraiser for their kids' elementary school that served pizza, soft drinks, and the chance to watch the 2019 remake of the Disney classic The Lion King. Kids' night out is cool, right? Yeah. Like, my daughter did kids' night out. Uh, every single month they did it and you would go and you would hang out at school and have fun and eat popcorn and shit at on Friday night for three hours for, and they loved it. My, uh, my daughter pretty much every day says, uh, Hey dad, are we going to have any friends over? Are we going to go see a movie or are we going to go to a park? Are we going to do any, like fun or anything today? <laughs> She, that was me when I was a kid, she's though. Like, uh, you know, she's used to the school and hanging out. Like, she wants an activity to do. Oh yeah, go watch a movie in a park anywhere. Projected on the side of somebody's fucking house. She'll yeah, go. she'll be there. The Emerson Dads Club. We need a dads club. Do we? Let's set up a dads club, dude. Okay, just me, you, the other dads, and we'll get the kids, and we'll my kid will fucking sit and look at her phone. The other we'll, kids will uh, run around. Practice you know? braiding hair. There's a bunch of dads folding fitted sheets. <laughs> I like the Emerson Dads Club. The Emerson Dads Club for Emer Emerson Elementary School raised about eight hundred dollars from the event and moved on to their list of PTA priorities. Eight hundred dollars for what? The PTO? The kids' night. Yeah, they okay. raise money for the dad's club, which yeah. then, or for the kid, you know, whatever the PTA priorities are. Then, on January 30th, the PTA and the school's principal received a letter from Disney's licensing company, Movie Licensing USA, that they had broken copyright law and needed to cough up $250. So, they raised... <laughs> yeah. So what they did is they raised... They chose too new of a movie. Yeah. Well, no. Kids watch movies at school, dude. Yeah. What? How is they that the, a li problem? It was the live action Lion King? Yeah. <laughs> they know... They, Disney has... Uh, Disney has satellites that are scanning the globe for any sort of projection that looks like the Lion King. I mean, King. I'll say this. If they did this in Ohio, nobody would know. Yeah, somebody, no idea. did somebody tell? It's California. Oh, you're Disney's right. Disney's all over California. There's some sort you know? of somebody's in the industry that's <laughs> trying to get a leg yeah. up. It's not clear how the firm found out about the viewing, but it prompted the letter that informed the school that showing a Disney movie for entertainment purposes requires a public performance license. Ew. See, they do it all the time here. We have like the... the they do like the dive-in pools. Yeah. Like the Bexley, for the Bexley pool will show like all the newest fucking movies. You got to pay for that, dude. No, you don't. You just have to have a, like a projector. But they can come and get you for that. Like they could come and say, you owe us money for playing the movie. You know what? You know what I'm saying? that why, they, they want did, their they just, cut. Yeah. I mean, but, Okay, so here's the thing. They didn't like find them. They were just like give us a little. They just they didn't ask for a third, right? Two hundred fifty fucking dollars. Ask for a dude. third. Disney asked for two hundred fifty dollars. They don't. They don't have much money. Yeah, they need it. I mean, we're fucking running a tight ship over here. I mean, every single one of those kids was wearing some sort of Disney paraphernalia oh, on I their know. body. I know. Everything's Disney. We, a dad brought the DVD of the 2019 star-studded remake from home, PTA President David uh -oh, Rose told KPix. We just basically threw it on while the kids were playing in the auditorium, he told the outlet. They weren't even fucking watching it. 
The dads had no idea that the club needed to pay a one-time licensing fee of $250 to show the film at its fundraiser that had an optional $15 cover for admission. So they were like, you charged admission. But by the way, optional charge of admission, so you could get in for free, you know? Man. You couldn't afford it. Yeah. I mean, they're the mafia. And they own all the movies. That's the fucking thing. I'm so sick but I and tired of the movies all being owned by a few people and then they get to decide what they get to decide what we get to see. It's so frustrating. For real though, um paying 250 to make 900, I'll do that all day. I do that every day I wake up in my life. I would pay $250 to make $900. I guess <laughs> I guess to me it's like it's almost cartoonishly evil. Oh, I know. It's just disgusting. You know? I mean, I can I, I don't know what can we do? Um, nothing. I mean, well, I just do it. I mean, I would love em. to divest from all of this shit, but people hate it. People think I'm obnoxious because I don't like pop culture anymore. Cause I'm, Dude, I'm just turning my back on all of it. You could go back to 2012 or something like that and listen to shows where me and you talk about like hating. I hate Disney and like, I, you know, Disney World has been a sore spot in my family for a it's while. True, you shut not down with the my trip. daughter. I you did shut down, shut down the down pilgrimage. The I said we're not going to Disney World. It's not going to be a big fucking thing in my I life. Think, you I know, I don't know if I'm going to miss that or not. Charlotte doesn't know she's about six? it, maybe. Mm. Yeah, but if she watches Disney stuff, she's going to fucking she find does. out. I mean, about but it. she's seen it. She's watched Ryan go there and shit. She's never put it together to ask. But she, I, she will. She's six. You know what I mean? They get to an age where then they understand the world, especially when like when they start reading. Then they go on the internet and they're reading stuff and then they or some fucking kid goes to uh goddamn Disney World in their class and then they come back and they're like I went to Disney World, they had like a Marvel shit there and some Mario stuff or whatever. Every parent that's gone to Disney has told me it's a pain in the ass. No, it sounds horrible. It's always it's like, it's the same people that are proud to be homeowners that are like, oh, we spent $700 to wait in lines all day. And it's like, you sound like a, you sound like you waste your money. Yeah, yeah. Like you do make terrible decisions with your money that bring you no joy in your life. Yeah, it's wild. So you just, you just pay to be the biggest rube. Yeah, yeah, to go to the carnival. To go Disney's to the carnival. The worst carnival. Yeah, yeah. The most expensive that is just siphoning money out of your pocket. I mean, like Vegas was a lot like Disney World. It's just yeah. one of those things where they're just like every minute, they might as well hook up a vacuum to your pockets and just suck everything out of them. And then, and, and it is just one of those things that's like, I guess like if you can't show a fucking movie at a PTA fundraiser, Without them coming for two hundred and fifty dollars, that's a sick I know. fucking. That should world. turn. I mean, we can't get them on our side. Why can't we get a mass movement going? Why can't we get people to just say fuck you to? I them? mean, why should schools have? Why are our schools paying Disney to show movies? You know what I mean? Like it's unbelievable. Because we got tattoos of them all over our body. <laughs> we got Latin tattoos, Mister Latin sir. <laughs> yeah, we got fucking Steamboat Willie tattoos. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. I wish I could find out who snitched. Yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, that looks pathetic on Disney's part. I've seen that with plays a lot too. 
when they do the play, they got to pay for the plays at school. Right. Like, whatever the play is that they put on, they got to pay somebody to get the play. They're not allowed to just put Shrek on without paying for Shrek. Yeah, my my daughter's school did Shrek. They're doing Shrek? They did, like, three or four years ago. And UA did Shrek? Yeah, there's a Shrek play. Who's Dunky? A kid in the school? Dunky. You know? Another kid dresses as Shrek. They do Shrek, the play. That's disgusting. I mean, to me, it's That's like, like you, we should be your saying. Your kid is like, has no artistic uh, culture in her life. I agree. I don't like Shrek. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare's more interesting than fucking <laughs> DreamWorks presents Shrek, the play. Well, that's the fucking thing. I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, this needs to go one of two ways. One, we take the movies away from Disney. And we're yeah. just like, we're going to show these motherfucking things in our schools. They the belong schools to are us. public. It should be free to the schools. To charge a school to show your stupid fucking movie on a fucking DVD the one that is they... sickness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's um it's the same way that the bu- the music is all buttoned up, even with like social media and sharing, how you can't have it playing in the background or how like we we can't on our live stream play popular music because it it's because the lawyers will come after us yeah how is it it doesn't like it just they're making infinity dollars i know they're just they're printing money they are the motherfuckers are printing money but 230 currently man, 250 250 it's petty dude it's fucking petty i mean if you owed me 250 for watch you played if you went and showed street fight live i'd want 250 dollars if you I, charge if you made 900 they wouldn't i think <laughs> like i'm looking him. i'm looking what i'm looking at here is not necessarily like i'm looking at a fucking public school like yeah being charged yeah. by the it's wild. richest media company in the country which is kind of basically the only movies in the movie theater are Disney movies. Yeah, 70% of them. Yeah, you go in there, you're watching a goddamn Disney movie, probably. You go to the theater, if it's a blockbuster, like even like the DC movies owned by Fox, which is now owned by Disney. It's like uh, old Starbucks, like suing Sam Bucks. Yes! Yes! Perfect! It is. It's like Starbucks suing, like, uh, Moon Bucks. I would call it Moon Bucks if I was... Sam Bucks is nice, though, too, because it's just, like, you know, a guy named Sam just started his thing. A lady named Sam was who it was. lady, That was a real one. Oh, that was a real one? (laughs) Yeah, Sam Bucks? After Sam Bucks. Why are... I mean, but again, this... The thing about this isn't even necessarily, like, that I'm... I hate intellectual property law. I think it's all fucking bullshit. But I also think, like, it's just, like, evil for them to be charging schools money to show their movies. It just evil. makes it. I mean, it's the same thing. It's where we're at with the DNC. They can be completely unlikable at this point. Uh, like, if they wanted to be a good brand, they would just spread their movies. They would play them on fu- fucking public transit, you know, so that kids could be entertained. Like, they would put them anywhere they could for free. Uh, but instead, they're like... You know, we can pay somebody to file lawsuits. We can pay someone to chase down every PTA meeting that showed a Disney movie and get $250, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's very like... Uh, it, 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 it's just dark. bottom line. It's yeah. so dark. It's just dark. $250. Disney doesn't it's disgusting. It's bucks. like every... Ho- they own Halloween. Every Halloween is just kids dressed up as Disney characters. Like... 
there we're paying you know parents are paying 30 40 dollars for just some plastic apparatus that covers the front of a some kid's body from the I mean, behind you can't tell who they are but from front they look like harley quinn you know how much christmas how much of christmas is dedicated to disney you know what i oh, mean oh yeah yeah it's the like wrapping paper that ornaments the everything toys, the, the toys the shirts the shorts for the kids they're all wearing marvel shit and whatever you know it, it just it's just depressing yes, gosh. it's depressing it's bad yeah i hate it fuck disney so the last thing i wanted to get to on this show this week is something that's been stirring in the street fight world for quite a long time and uh or for i'd say a month or so and it's interesting to me it's not something we've talked about in public or anything and I wanted to bring it up on this show so that uh, we could get this out in the air, right? Uh, me and Brett been hanging out since like 2011, 10 or 9 or something like that. I don't remember what year. It's 2008, actually. And uh, he has always been just spot on with his musical taste, in my opinion. Because he likes the cool stuff and he also likes new metal and stuff, too. So he likes both. He likes... Like the the incredibly hip stuff, and he likes corn, and uh, I just always found that to be like the coolest thing in the world. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, a few, probably a month ago, he just started listening to Metallica all the time. Not a cool band, in my opinion. But now you're like the Metallica guy, which I found very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's taken over. So, um, you know, part of it is buying a house. <laughs> you have to start listening to Metallica when you buy a house. Start of it is buying a house. Okay. And then the other part of it I'll explain is, uh, I had to go to the doctor about my psoriasis flaring up and about my stomach issues. And I'm so I'm on a FODMAP diet now, which is very restrictive, like no gluten, no dairy. No, like, anything fun at all. No high fructose corn syrup. It's the shits. It's a miserable life. But uh, I feel I have finally grown into, like, Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, like, I feel I've actually, I've, I have the old man middle-aged misery. <laughs> like, I've achieved it, like. Like you said, the house, I signed up for like a huge brick of debt. Like I'm now looking at this huge nut that I've got to crack, right? Yes. I have that. I can't eat cheese anymore, right? That's a bummer. I'm miserable. Yeah. Like, and, but this is my life forever now. Like I have to keep living it. And Metallica is a band <laughs> that when I was a kid, like when I was, you know, probably nine years old, my uncle John, or my sorry, my cousin John, he was really into Metallica, and we would go in the basement. He had wood paneling, exactly like you see in this studio in the basement, and it was just covered with Metallica posters. And he thought they were the best thing ever, and I didn't like him at all. And <laughs> later, when I was when I was probably nine or ten. There was an older kid down the street that played Magic the Gathering. He got me turned on to all of that. He also played the first Corn album for me. So he was he was like influential on your yes. life. Yes. He also played the first Offspring with the LAPD song. Okay. He also 
was super into Metallica the most, more than anything. And yeah. I hated it. I didn't like it. No, it sucked. I became 19 years old and was working successfully at a call center. And this was at Discover Card, at doing collections. This was at a time when literally, and this was like a bygone era, they would bring in like a 60-inch TV on the weekend and you would just make calls and the person that did the best would leave with a gigantic TV. Yeah. People would get brand new computers. People would get the whole furnishings every single weekend. They would have all kinds of giveaways and bonuses. <laughs> there was a guy. He was probably 25 years old. He drove a Mustang. He wore Oakleys and he wore like flame rayon shirts all the time. And he always was blasting Metallica. And I thought he was the corniest dude like in the world. We made fun of him so bad. He was, he would pay for their tickets. He would go see them. He would complain that they sucked. And I never in my life thought that I understood <laughs> Metallica. No. And I don't, and I remember even the big deal when that movie came out, some kind of monster. This was, everybody was mad because they cried in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Really? Yeah. Because I think that's wrong. That like that turned me off at the time. Like everybody was like, oh, they're lame. But like they make music for men that want to cry. <laughs> like the music is like he made 20 years of music. He was of guy of like wanting to cry. So it makes sense that he would just let it out and fucking cry. Y yeah. I like mean that's what I feel. That's what I think has led me to this path is I'm at the point where I'm just like, I have white man blues. In a very standard old man way where like time has passed me in a way where I'm understanding that like I'm not going to do certain things like I'm on a track and like my life hat is like ahead of me and it's very predictable. I like I'm planning what it's going to be. I'm in charge of this thing. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get to do that thing where you jump off a cliff and you have a suit. With yeah. like the, the squirrel, the like flying squirrel thing yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, I think I'm like, my body's kind of fucked up at this point And like, I can't run very much anymore. <laughs> I'm kind of sad about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, like Metallica came out with an acoustic album last year <laughs> that just hits me like right in the chest <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> like if I just makes me want to moan. <laughs> I just feel for some reason, like I finally ascended into like, I have a garage now. Like, so I know I've, you can it, go out there and play Metallica. I can go out there. Work on the My, Erica bikes. hates it. I know. Erica hates it. <laughs> I know. And I'm obsessed with the song, uh, bleeding me. Right. Oh yeah. It's the best song it's in the world. Bad. It's yeah. so good because at the beginning it's like, so it's extremely pessimistic. He says, I'm digging my way. I'm digging my way, which is like digging usually like digging a hole or digging a ditch. But he says, I'm digging my way to something better, which is like so pessimistic, but right on the right on the same path of where I'm thinking. Right. He's talking about sowing seeds. He's talking about like the trees he planted are like cutting him open. And, uh, so I'm playing the acoustic version of that. And Erica out loud is like, she looks at me and she's like, didn't you say they did like in a, something like softer or more acoustic? And I was like, this is it. <laughs> she was like, I don't like this. And I was like, this is literally the pinnacle of what I've loved. Like this 
song right here is everything <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> the most important song of my life. So like, if you're not on board with this, it's just not for you. And she's like, all right, it's not for me. I'm like, it's all right. That's for the garage then. I think I'm going to listen to it music. on the way. I'm going to listen to this album now. Because like my wife, Brett also told my wife, he was like, oh, you know, I'm listening to this acoustic Metallica album a lot. And she was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did to Katie. I was like, uh, we were just like, we were doing a a street fight meeting and we're doing all this serious business. And I was like, I've been kicking back to that acoustic Metallica. And she was like, well, that's certainly something you can spend your time on. (laughs) (laughs) She she was not having it at all. He's also like, I think a funny thing for the listeners is he is not listening to what's widely considered the good Metallica, which Master of Puppets. No thrashy shit. None of that stuff. He is listening to Load era Metallica. Load is the the album for me. Load, Reload. Somebody wanted me to ask you this yesterday. Uh, My buddy Oat wanted me to ask you. Do you like the uh, uh, the one with the orchestra, S and M? I haven't listened to that. Mm. Okay, I'll probably have to go there next. I could get maybe Eric on orchestra. Nope, I'm gonna try to <laughs> rope her back in. I don't think <laughs> she's so, Metallica is the most dude band that exists. <laughs> the groaning, just like I just <laughs> feel like when I wake up in the morning, I'm just grunting like James Hetfield. Like I just am moaning at the sun, <laughs> like just that it's waking me up, you know. <laughs> like it's just pissed about it. I'm digging my way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am like, yes. <laughs> I uh I mean I don't know why I'm so transfixed on it, but it is really working Until for me. It sleeps. Yep. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I mean there's a festival coming to town. So there are two rock festivals coming this year. Me and Brett talking about going to one and and kind of fucking around and maybe even trying to like record a podcast or something there mm-hmm. and uh we're trying to decide between two and there's this one this is going to be really difficult for you and it's like we're gonna have to like I, what basically you know that story about how like they put the baby on the floor and it crawls to the thing at once yeah you know what i'm saying and then that's what you do we're gonna put uh, one poster on this side and one poster on this side, whichever one you walk to, I'm willing to go to because here's the here's the big problem. Metallica's headlining two nights of one of the festivals and then the other night is fucking Slipknot. And also, also City Morgue is there and Flatbush whoa, Zombies whoa, and stuff. Okay, whoa. that's the one with Metallica. Metallica, City Morgue, and Flatbush <laughs> Zombies, and Slipknot? And Slipknot, and Deftones. <laughs> My heart be still. But the other one, little interesting, it's got Limp Biscuit. Which Love is them. a band you yeah. want to see. Never you seen them. I would want to see them live. Them. Over Metallica, even. It's got Weezer and Blink 182 are on yeah. other acts. I'm soft on those. Yeah, they're I'm not still, heavy I'm embarrassed about Brett. liking them in yeah. a way. They're, they're <laughs> no, they were important in my life. <laughs> no, but the I new Brett. younger Brett. time. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I'm grown. But yeah, I had I mean, young I'm man problems. Yeah, I had young man problems. I had bicycle problems. Now I've got like fuel fire desire problems. <laughs> <laughs> now I like now I like to sing about cars. Yeah, now I like to sing about fucking engines. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I I mean, I'm totally a hundred percent in on Metallica. Brett, there's I, a good. I'm gonna say there's a good cover on that acoustic album, a uh, song about Judas, which I know you like songs about Judas. Well, I like Judas by there's Chris a Nazareth Jarrow. cover, and it's it, he just is singing. Please don't Judas me. <laughs> just it's like just to use Judas as a verb. And you don't just be using Judas. Judas as a verb is yeah. so fucking good. And the fucking last thing you want is to be <laughs> yeah. is, is the people that, are, you know. People will just Judas you out of nowhere. Just yeah. Like, Yaha, Judas. <laughs> yeah, I've been Judas. <laughs> I'm gonna start using it as a word now. It's don't Judas verb. me on this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh the uh, so we're trying to still decide which of the festivals we want to go to. Also, I think what and you can help us, you know, do it in a Facebook group, send us Who's a tweet. Incarceration you can is get the one with like I can biscuit. get tattooed there. You can get tattoos at that one, and tattooed. it's at the Shawshank prison. So you can That's do cool. like a prison tour and I think Puddle of Mud is there too. I want to see she fucking hates me oh, live. Nothing more than that. Because Brad is now also come. I mean, I, I'm. I loved it. We were at Corn, which, by the way, they played one by Metallica. And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we just went nuts. Um, but um, at Corn, you were talking about how like this is like the perfect example of how men. Like, this is toxic masculinity. This is, like, the display of toxic masculinity. You know, this is... Uh, you oh. can explain it, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, We so on Friday night, we went to Korn. Uh, they're playing their new album, which is really good album, actually. I think it's it's uh, definitely worth a listen. It's way interesting. If you think you know Korn, uh, The Nothing is a good one to dive into. Because it's... Uh, I don't know. They do new stuff, but it also like hits all the old, old stuff. But uh, we were there and we were down in the pit, which was expensive. It was a very expensive pit to get down there. Uh, but, you know, running into people and smashing into people and like moshing, you know, extreme, you know, yeah, like, f f you know, falling all over the ground. Uh, there was just like uh, people were like it became this huge fucking uh, circle where you had these gigantic these dudes just running back and forth and smashing into each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the whole time, it's such a weird interaction because as somebody like I'm in there in the middle, like trying to rile people up more and more, you know, try I, I like I'm doing an aerobics class. If I'm in the mosh pit, basically, yeah, like I'm just trying to keep He's the bouncing. energy up. I'm yeah. like, come on, everybody keep. Keep running into each other. Um, but in those spaces, like corn is a place where there is a lot of dudes there in like mossy oak and like work boots and, you know, fighty fucking dudes. But like w as soon as somebody falls on the ground, like everyone scrambles to help. Like they want nothing more to help. And there's yeah. those even those people that never get in the mosh pit. There's guys that just stand on the side and are just babysitters. And they don't, they barely watch the show. They watch a little bit of corn and then they turn around and watch people and they just like are ready to catch them. And, and like being in the middle of that, running into all those dudes. And I kind of stick out as a sore thumb. Like I always, I always feel weird. Whenever I go to a concert in Columbus, everybody's wearing fucking black and navy blue. Yeah, me. And I'm always wearing like a jewel color or always like a yeah. green or burgundy or yellow or something. Uh, but like, those guys put their hands all over you. 
Like for real, like yeah. in a way that like they probably even their best buddies, they do not like when somebody puts when a dude puts his arm on your back and then also touches your chest and kind of just fucking like grabs you like this, like he's tongs and shit. Yeah. With both hands. It's like that's when somebody's just like, Oh, I love you so much right now. Well, like that's oh, they're just like they just you know, you're feeling that energy back and forth, and there is no other place that you get to do that. It's it's weird how it's just a weird ritual where we're going to listen to corn. The music, like uh, he's talking about that one. He says, "The what does he say? The the uh, tell me you're a call me a pussy and tell me that you're call, tell me I'm a, that's the song that's a slur." Yes, <laughs> like that's the name of the song. So I'm not gonna like say it, but it's Go. that song. I think I said it on the POD cast, but that's not Street Fighter. I never sure. say it on here. But uh, actually, I called it Faget because that's sure. the way they spell it. You know? Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. No, that's clown, actually. I fucked that up anyway. You know, that's you can suck my dick and fucking like it is the one where everybody goes nuts. And I noticed this year when they did that part, I did yell it. I'm like really feeling it. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, I remember when I was a teenager, when I had to yell that I would have tears in my eyes and I'd be sweating and just fucking going there, crazy there was yeah and there was people like i mean there was some I, of that's that, what they're 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 still doing and it's weird because it's just like some of the dudes are people that you know it is like joe rogan podcast listeners it's guys that don't look like dsa members or people that are part of the movement but they have these like really intense feelings inside of them they're like going through shit and they they maybe do identify with being a weaker man or being like a more emotional man than what is displayed on TV, but just are having a complete crisis about it. I know, know? but they're thinking like, uh, they're, they're like, especially you go see a band like corn, like that band is an outpouring of emotion. Like their music is supposed to mirror like a certain kind of feeling, you know what I mean? And he is like a, in a lot of songs, you know, he's dealing with fame, but in a, a lot of other songs, he's dealing with the way his parents fucked him up and like talking about stuff like that, which is sexuality. Like, yeah. Sexuality. Uh, and just even just like the way people treat you and shit like that. And like, uh, but like, but that's, and it's just because like, but there's just dudes that are like rubbing me up and down know, in a way that like I never would ever ever in my life would they ever consider touching me like that. that <laughs> just like want to be all over me. You they want to hug, man. Yeah, it's like a bunch of dudes just hugging and saying, "My dad was fucking me." Too, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm rowdy. <laughs> I like I like to roughhouse. I really fucking love to roughhouse and be dangerous. Uh, and I'm glad that you do too. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a wild fucking thing to remember watch the now. dude so there was a guy in there there was a dude at the beginning that kind of opened it up he was just a humongous dude but he was wearing those mechanics gloves <laughs> he was wearing gloves <laughs> he had mechanics gloves and him and another guy they were kind of like pushing each other the most to try to get like people to to start you know acting out the dude in the mechanics gloves was there for business like <laughs> yeah he, he was trying to throw down he must have been like in the shower the morning of the show and been like, you know, my boss doesn't fucking respect me, man. And like my wife left me and like my kids don't talk to me anymore. And like, it just, the whole world's coming down on me. And I, you know, tonight is the night 
Yeah, I fucking get to go in a room with other dudes that are also like having similar feelings. Yeah, I get to be my character that wears McKinney's gloves. <laughs> I've got my I've got my gloves on. He did get to be a character. He too, get to man. be. He got to be like a dude from like a Super Nintendo game. He got to be a Final Fight character. Yeah, like I wear the mechanics gloves, man. Don't fuck with me, dog. I think what well, what I'm saying here is like. Let people know your feelings. It's not a yeah. bad thing to do. I think most of our listeners are pretty hip to like being honest with with yeah. the people around them and like telling their feelings. But like always remember that the other guy in the room is very likely uh not in touch with his feelings and just wants to go run into people once a month to get those out. Like that's where yeah. he goes. He doesn't fix anything in his it's like it doesn't fix your life at all. You go to this place, and it's like an outpouring of emotion and, for you that you never get to have any other time, or that you're afraid to have in front of people at any other time. Yeah, it also means that, like, as Street Fight listeners, we might have to go start tackling, like, really tough guys and just hugging them on the ground and just holding them down and hugging them. Yeah. <laughs> really, really hard. Yeah. So uh, that is the uh, that's the show this week. It was very fun. It, we maybe went a little long, but I wasn't gonna leave. I wasn't gonna let Metallica go for another week. So I think we had a lot of fun there. Yeah, I love Metallica. I All right, do. Come see us in Pittsburgh on March 18th. Tickets go on sale Friday. It's at Opus One, and uh, we'll get links up for you. But if you're in Pittsburgh. We want to like really do it big there. Yeah. And we want to do something fucking like we're doing our new shit. And like, I think it's really good what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, please come. It's going to be very fun. Yeah. We might have some hill folk with us too. Yeah. So we're, we're asking some hill folk that we know to uh, come and, uh, to come and maybe drive up there and do some stuff with us. So fingers crossed. Where well, fingers are crossed. They and we don't know if they're busy or not. Come hang out this Saturday, rap show in Columbus, Ohio. I see Jake. You know him as our audio engineer that went to jail for a Facebook post. He's doing his full album Terrorist Threats. You can find that shit on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Music, all that stuff. Uh come come hang out this Saturday. We got Young and Eight and Eddie Bars opening up. Other, those are two more uh, Columbus head rockers. They do the good shit that uh, you know you want to hear live in person, right? The Oracle. I do. Why not? I'll why not see it? Why not see it in person? Why not come hang out with uh, the best crowd in Columbus uh, here? The Street Fight Radio people. We're doing that this Saturday. You can get tickets at store.streetfightradio.com. Use the code Free Jake to get half off. And uh, if you want more of what we do, head over to patreon.com slash streetfightradio where you can get access to extra videos, zines, and bonus audio. Brian has the American podcast going up with Chris Wade. Chris Wade, it'll be up probably by the time this is up, I'm hoping. And uh, we talked about his early career. And uh, we talked about, I think like this show is like four separate sort of things, right? And just say it's four episodes. One episode is about his early career and like the rise of like an indie rock, a rock star. You know what I mean? And uh, the second one is about the cultural impact of Kid Rock with me and Tom Sexton just talk about how like Devil Without a Cause is is 
an album that speaks to people like me like it seems like it's made like at that age when i heard that you know the, that was the closest anybody got to my experience uh-huh. of life. you know what i mean and then uh the third episode is me and uh me and matt chrisman talking about poly- his political stuff and then uh we got uh kitty striker talking about the feud between icp and kid rock so nice. i think it's a fun series and uh don't look at it as a deep dive don't yell at me because i don't talk about joe c enough (laughs) um if you want a deep dive shocktober will be back i promise thank you we're street fight peace Yeah, straight out of